Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Comedy Film Nerds Podcast. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And a lot of energy because I uh, just went surfing this morning. Just went surfing, mm-hmm. uh, which was fantastic. I had a, I had an important board meeting. Yes, nice. Uh, <laughs> waves, there's a swell in town. <laughs> and that's important. Yes, of course. And you, we're here doing episode 380. 380. 380 episodes, not including special apps, spoiler apps, all the other ones. There's 50 some spoilers, so we're yeah. in the four something. Yeah, we're you know we've probably done about 600 episodes. If I'd you say add a thousand, six million. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bit so a we, lot. I think we've done a Steve Austin. A fair amount. A fair. <laughs> 380 <laughs> episodes of the Comedy Film Nerds yeah. podcast. So we got some announcements. Yeah. All right. What are they? <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought you were going to spring some on me. We both, no, <laughs> no, I just completely forgot. Oh. I was like, I thought maybe there's something I'm missing. But uh, L.A. Podfest. L.A. Podfest, October 6th, 6th through the 8th. 8th. Go to mm-hmm. LAPodfest.com. You mm-hmm. can see the shows. We, we, some people have been asking, like, when is the show grid lineup? Right. That Usually we put, start putting that together in August. I know some people are, like, trying to plan. It's hard to say because... Because then there's always shifting around. Always oh, some podcast goes. Oh, I'm flying back in, or I got to fly out mm. this day, or I'm, I got a gig this Friday night. Right. Can I do like all that shit happens? So and I, also we're gonna have about 18 panels that uh, that we're gonna be programming as well. So they'll, it'll yeah. be there'll, there'll be a whole another grid that we're working on too. Yes. So. And so. There'll be an entire panel of me doing Planet of the Apes trivia. Exactly. (laughs) You know, just dawned on me, Aaron, since we don't have a guest this week, we should have put a camera on you. Yeah, that's true. I'd I'd rather not. (laughs) (laughs) I have to cut to it? That's just weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'd have to cut to himself. All right, that's true. So you're only going to hear Aaron Rungard on on the audio. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will not see his face. Mm -mm. Or no, you see our guest who... um... Um, either doesn't exist or canceled at the last minute. We won't tell we which won't, one it you is. You won't know <laughs> what happened. Did yeah. they cancel last minute? Did I forget to book one this week? Did any number Just of things? Wonder. Just Does wonder. Just wonder. It's part of the mystery Did of I the show. ask a bunch of people yesterday and this morning <laughs> and they all said no? Is that what happened? I don't know. Who you, knows? Who, who knows? knows? It's, a, it's a cavalcade of uh, yeah, hysteria. It, no, you just, uh, it, it's part of the fun of the show is the mystery. It is. I ran into mm-hmm. Murray Valeriano this morning surfing and I was like, oh, but we already had him on the Oscar thing. It's too mm. soon to bring him back. Yeah, too soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus he said he had to take his kid somewhere. Mm. So, but you know what? Every once in a while, I will say this: it's always fun just to have Graham and I uh, riff and talk about the movies that we've seen without yeah, a guest. Some some yappy asshole I spewing know. their bullshit about. That's, I have. I that's happened. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I got a dumb opinion. I yeah. like. I like stupid movies. You know, sometimes Jeff. no, thank you. Yeah, we're not referring to Jeff Tate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Jeff Tate was a fine guest. He's a great guest. He has a different taste in movies. <laughs> yes. Some people just, let's say, they have a different perspective on the genre <laughs> uh, of, on the of en- film. The entire genre of film. Yes. They just, yeah. Some people walk into a museum and are like, Mona Lisa, what's yeah. she staring at? Well, this is boring. Boy. I can see this in a book. Ugh, boy, that Coke machine looks cool. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of ways to view things. Yeah, yeah. So so we're going to get uh, we're gonna get into it now that we've saved all that time into not introducing the guest. Uh, oh, here's, here's a quick announcement we should say. See, so, I knew there was ah, one. You son of a bitch, we did it. <laughs> um, so we're recording this on August 1st. So if you're a Patreon backer, you get you get charged on the first of the month. Yes. So if you pledged in July, you get charged on the August first, and then you start getting you access to your rewards now once right. your card is charged. And if you're uh, not a Patreon backer, please consider rethinking your position. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Patreon thing's been cool. Uh, it's, it's definitely helped us because we've seen. Uh, a little bit of a downswing in advertising, mm-hmm. so the Patreon's really been helping with that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it 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 helps in a lot of ways, and <clears throat> the more stuff we, you know, we're looking to build the infrastructure and everything. <clears throat> We've had, to, you know, as we as we cross into the second half of the year, I think some good things have have gone down. Like yes. moving into the studio has been fantastic. It's been great having Aaron do this. It's been great having Brenton do the social media support. If you guys mm-hmm. follow all things comedy. Um, on any of their social media platforms, and then um, <clears throat> Daniel, our social media guy, takes what they post, and and so there's there's way more of right. a social media presence, which is great. And then the, the YouTube channel. Yep, the YouTube channel, and also the, you get exclusive video content as a Patreon subscriber mm-hmm. too. And that's directly as a result of you guys, 
Well, you guys and being in the studio. Right. Because if we were just in the garage, you know... We don't have the infrastructure to actually record in there. To do all that. We'd have so to buy equipment and all those things. Spend more money. Mm -hmm. And so now we're doing this, and of course we want to thank Frank Pulaski that is editing the videos. Yes. Who's a solid fan. Uh, Aloha and mahalo, Frank. The world is flat. He's doing it from Hawaii. He's, <laughs> he really is. Um, so yeah, this and the, the second half, we've got uh, we've got some fun business. Got the movie coming out in September. Movie is coming out in September, guys. Oh, that which does remind me of, of an announcement. The movie is now not no longer for sale on the site. Yes. So we did have to pull it as a result of the uh, distribution agreement. It will return end of October. Uh, end of October. So um, if you missed your window, uh, no worries. You'll be able to buy it on iTunes and all the other platforms uh, come September. Yeah, and some of you I'm, I know were waiting. Like, hey, I just prefer the iTunes platform or whatever. Right. And so you'll be able to do that in September, which will be great. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, the Comedy Dynamics is also distributing Lafghanistan, so that's going to go wide in October. Um, cool. Which is really, which is mm -hmm. cool. So two movies. And then, two. and then, if you really want the signed DVD, those will go, re go on sale in October as well. Mm -hmm. Buy a bunch, put them in kids' uh, trick or treat bags as as they come to your house. That is a right? great idea. Halloween. You know, you've got to indoctrinate kids into podcasting as early as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and get them aware of uh, all the crazy stuff that is involved in podcasting. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> So, so speaking of crazy stuff, let's get into the first shit. movie, um, an inconvenient sequel, Truth to Power. This is a movie I've been excited to see. Um, you got to see it. It received two standing ovations at the 2017 Sundance Film Festival, which is weird because not a lot of Hollywood liberals go to that festival. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It's a big yeah. That, that, that's weird. So, but also, it's very cold during Sundance. You know, global warming, cold. I what? know. Yeah. I don't get it. They're just There's a, snow on yeah. the ground. It had, it, it was, everything was stacked against this film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just be honest. It was a bunch of libtard hippie bullshit. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> just shut up, you fucking oh left-wing crybabies. The earth is fine. Me, We're not me. doing anything to it. Oh, um, they opened the movie with sound clips of kind of coming off of the first movie. So Inconvenient Truth came out in mm -hmm. 2006. And like Fox News, people were like, oh, Al Gore, it's a big snowstorm just hitting Manhattan. Where's Al Where's Gore? Where's your global warming? Yeah. <laughs> Where's your global warming now, now that we had one snowstorm? <laughs> yeah. So um, it's, you know, it's a powerful film on um, several levels. Again, he just does what he does in the first one. It's just constant uh, facts and truth. And, 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 you know, he uses his organization, you know, they're in helicopters flying over the polar ice caps, watching them collapse and melt. I mean, we just had a polar ice cap um, chunk the size of Delaware break off. Um, yeah, that's like the moon landing, though. That can be fake. Sure, of course it's all faked. It's all liberal hokum. Um, or it's like, oh, it's yeah. the, the the climate's cyclical. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's not, based on this evidence. And so he talks about what carbon dioxide does, and there's a lot of facts in it and stuff. But what mm. he... A lot of facts in it? Yeah, mm, boy. No, I just want opinions. I just, I just want... <laughs> I just want propaganda and hysteria right. and yeah. bullshit. <laughs> so he talks a lot about it, and it's something I've actually covered a fair amount on Political Vigilante is the oil lobby has spent uh, hundreds of millions of dollars just in the in the climate change denying propaganda machine, right? To get that information out there and to cause doubt. And and one of the things he talks about one of the goals of that, if I remember correctly, is to uh, create speculation that, well, maybe it's not necessarily true. That's all they're trying to do because mm -hmm. here's, and the mainstream media is part of the problem. But I mean, if you watch CNN or MSNBC or ABC or Fox or whatever, who's buying ad time? Oil companies, the American Petroleum Institute bought a giant ad during the Super Bowl. So the networks are being paid by them and beholden to them to go, well, they always treat it like this. Well, there's two sides to the issue because they're just trying to, as you said, just get speculation in there because here's what they know. The minute everybody says 
climate change is happening, then everybody pivots to the solution and that you are pivoting away from all- From fossil fuels. From fossil fuels, all of right. them. It's just, you they're done. Right. Um, so this is, and it feels like to me, um, and he obviously, they shot some stuff, you know, after the election and not a lot, but, you know, the Trump White House is all climate change deniers. Right. Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, is the former head of ExxonMobil. For now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mooch. Mooch had a good 10 days. Mooch had a really good 10 yeah, days. Yeah, that's a, it's like an episode of Survivor over at the White House. It's, it's, yeah. See what I saw a great tweet where it was like, does he? Does Trump think he has to fire someone every week? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like someone sat him down. This isn't The Apprentice. Yeah, we don't need. Yeah, we don't yeah. need a, at the end of every episode. It's not an elimination challenge yeah. at the end of every week at the White House. <laughs> so, so there's those real things, and that's a lot of what what, not the whole, the whole movie isn't a isn't Trump Trump Trump. There's not that much Trump stuff in it, but he's just in general and in some cases specifically talks about that's his biggest challenge is you know they show him he's going on msnbc and chris hayes is there and they're talking about what they're going to interview him on mm -hmm. and it's during the like during the campaign right right and he's like al gore's like we're going to talk about climate change yeah 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 we'll talk about that but i want to hear you weigh in he goes i'm not weighing in i'm not making a pick i'm not picking someone you know my guess is this is during the primary right and this is just my theory. He probably was like, mm, I'm done with the Clintons. I've had enough business with them, but I'm not going to say that publicly. <laughs> That's my guess. <laughs> well, what, what I found interesting, too, as I was reading about this film is the movie was being updated, you know, constantly, even after the Sundance screening, you know, with all the uh, the new Trump footage and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Like, you know, it was it was kind of that feeling of like a lot of documentaries, like when you're making them feel like, well, what if we add this in? What if we add this in? And at some point, you got to go, no, we got to finish this gotta, movie. Well, yeah, and get you, it out. What movie are you talking yeah, about, yeah. Chris? <laughs> I mean, all that. I mean, I was literally watching because they're also, so there's stuff like that from 2016. They're at the Paris Climate Change Accord in 2015. There was that shooting at the nightclub, like the opening day of the Paris Accord. And they were going to do this 24 hour climate change talk. And Al Gore, like, they literally come rushing in and they're like, Shots are fired, you know, a couple miles from here. We don't know what's going on. Like that, you saw that unravel mm -hmm. and that became a storyline. But I was thinking of like, we were in post when um, Obama came on WTF. Right. Like, well, we have to get this in the movie. We got to get this in the movie. And we're scrambling right. around trying to get photos from Mark and his producer mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So like, that is... Because otherwise, when it comes out a year later, you know, an audience is going to be like, well, that was important. Why yeah. didn't you get that in? Right. How? Why does it take so long to make a documentary? Yeah. That's the other question. <laughs> oh God, this. Why is did why. it cost so much? Life keeps happening. <laughs> Things keep needing to be documented. Um, how come I'm not in it longer? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or at all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Here we go. That's um, what happens when we don't have a guest? <laughs> yeah, I know. We got Aaron piping in. I yeah. said I was interviewed. I sat down. How come I wasn't in it? It's not my fault. You're not camera savvy. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe, maybe a little, a little more sparks fly during your interview, Aaron, and we get you in the final cut. Yeah, should have, should have worked the tears. You know, yeah. something. Start screaming. Take should your have, shirt off. Should have, uh, you know, like like professional wrestlers, cut my forehead a little bit. Yeah, gig bleeding. it, yeah. gig your forehead. You should have done that. <laughs> Shout out to Sean Merrick. Um, so yeah, so I'm thinking of all of those things while I'm watching this and. Uh, I think the filmmakers did a good job. You're also, I'm learning, Al Gore has since the first Inconvenient Truth came came out, has started this like training initiative where he's going and training people and giving a slideshow. and For a militia. For, <laughs> well, <laughs> we might need it, dude, because the powers that be are, are you know, that was the thing when they're, they're doing the climate accord in Paris. Um, you know, you're just seeing the politics and the squabbling. And I just like, I was getting so mad because it's Keep like. Keep in mind, voluntary accord. Like it's literally right. non-enforceable and right. non-binding. So it's like everyone recognizes we need to do something, but then people's, you know, petty, well, we need this. And so-and-so said that in an interview about our country. And it's just like, oh, God, like it makes you go, 
Why are there no adults in this room? Why? Yeah, I wish we had like a supreme leader, actually, <laughs> that just came in and went, here's what's going to shake out. Um, so, and Al Gore, though, he, he, so you learn about his initiative and, and, and uh, spoiler alert, at the very end of the movie, he's like, you can download a 10 minute version to tell friends and family because his whole thing is spread the word, spread the words. This is right. real. This mm-hmm. is happening. Pull your head out of the sand. Cut the bullshit. Right. Um, so I, that's one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna download that myself. And it's like the Night King coming over the wall in Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's you know winter's coming. I don't know the reference, but I'm sure people listening do, <laughs> and they probably appreciate it way more yeah. than I do. I got, I got Aaron it. gets it. Yeah, yeah. I heard Game of Thrones, and I just started thinking about the waves I was writing this morning. Right. Like I just zoned out, and I caught this hellacious right when I had my hand on the front of it. We call it hand on glass. It was just mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but dragon glass hand on dragon glass hand on dragon glass yeah all right so now you nerds can feel involved um so 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 but al gore does some other even more so than the first one is it's really per, it's more about his personal journey of his whole 30 years of of fighting right. climate change as a senator and and so on and so on but also the last 10 of since inconvenient truth and you know he's always asked how come you don't run for president and he has this Mm -hmm. like standard line that he gives which is very funny but there's some interviews one-on-one where he's like i would be lying to you if i said i didn't have some dark days or i'm getting this information and i'm seeing this sometimes firsthand and and i'm like oh god and the governments aren't responding and um he goes, but then I I feel hope, and then he gives some. That's the other thing that's good about these. A lot of environmental docs, they make a mistake, in my opinion, of they end on a somber note. And I think too many people then go, nah, what the fuck? There's nothing I can do. You know, let my grandchildren's fight it out for for Tsunami's water. Tsunami's gonna be a tsunami. Yeah, like you know, he actually shows there's some stuff happening. There's some good things like solar. He really pushes solar hard, and he's mm-hmm. and he gives the stats again. This country came up with this much solar power and they right. create, you know, and, and he's talking to Elon Musk and it's like California is leading the way in solar power. They're leading the way. They have so much excess solar power that there's paying people to take it. Um, so, again, I personally and maybe because I study a lot of this myself and have for a long time, mm-hmm. I didn't feel inundated with the stats and the information. Right. You, uh, some people might feel that way, but I think the filmmakers did a good job of keeping a lot of the emotion and not just somber, oh God, the world's ending, but like hope and like, oh, here's some people doing some stuff. And it was very motivated. I mean, you see people um, working together. You see this initiative. You see these people. I'm like, I'm like, fuck, I want to be with this group. Right. I, I'm literally like, I want to email them. How do I get involved? Right. You know, like it, 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 it has that sort of, because it's for real. I mean, like, I have, you know, you have kids. I have six nieces and nephews. Yeah. I'm worried about the world they're going to have, you know. For a number of different reasons. For a number of different reasons. But, I mean, but, uh, you the know, politics. The climate of, is certainly uh, one on the list. Well, they give evidence the of, of how it destabilizes governments. Right. I mean, I just did a video on how the Pentagon has done simulations of... Uh, from a s- security standpoint of what happens and how, you know, and, and, and this movie talks about, uh, uh, you know, climate change refugees and how when it hits poorer parts of the world. Where oh, do those people go? Oh, God. You know, right. it just, whoop, a storm comes in and holy shit. And um, islands, everything. It's crazy. So it it, you know. And there's a scene that's in the trailer that's a very profound scene of he says, you know, when our grandchildren are going to ask, what the hell were you thinking? Why didn't right. you do more? So to me, it felt very motivational. It felt very much like a great call to action, mm-hmm. which, again, from as, as you know, from making especially earbuds. We talked about that in earbuds. Yes. We wanted it to resonate with non-podcast. We knew the podcast listeners right. are going to love it and dig it, but we want people that don't know anything about it to go, oh, shit, I want to start listening. Right. How do I get mm-hmm. this? Um, yeah, it's a gateway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a that's a real powerful film. My suspicion is it will get an Oscar nomination. Um, most likely. Most likely, which I hope it does. This is where the right. Academy, like, 
needs to play politics and put yeah. this movie out <laughs> on the forefront. Well, let, let me switch gears a little bit and ask this because this came up when the first movie came out in 2006. Um, Al Gore, when he was running against George W. Bush, uh-huh. he came off as very stiff and uncharismatic. <laughs> and then when we saw him in Inconvenient Truth, there was a side of his humanity in that film that never made it into the campaign, and one, that was one of the reasons that was stated for him losing to him. Now, what was interesting is that how um, humanized he was in that film as opposed to how he was on the campaign trail. Did that continue in the sequel where it was his journey where you saw the humanity behind it's, the science? It's not, this is not the vice president I knew in the 90s. Right. Like this is this guy who is, I mean, tears in his eyes sometimes, getting, giving, they, they cut to all these different speeches he's giving and him getting worked up. You know, he sweats a lot. It makes a more powerful film. I it's mean, a way because... more powerful film. And mm-hmm. I think I think it's even better than the first one. And that was part of the problems with the first one, just in terms of he came a little stiff. Right. But nowhere near the, than he did in the campaign. No. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was my question. Is it, is it more of a doc in the way that we know them or or is it like the first one in, in where it's more of a PowerPoint? presentation it's more of a doc for sure like the the first one was more of a with i remember when the first one came out i saw the trailer and i was like well i i've been following and paying attention to this to climate change and i you know donate money and blah 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 so i was like i know all this nothing in this is going to shock me and i was right i was like hey i'm glad he made it yeah and i'm glad i hope this movie opens people's eyes but it felt more like uh yeah like a uh, an informational PowerPoint. This is a documentary. This shows the facts and the statistics, but also the emotion of it. There are some right. heavy emotional scenes in here, and like a good doc, it's real, right. and it's not it's not reality TV bullshit manufactured. This is real, and this is happening, and it shows the people in there fighting. It shows moments where there's all some... of us are in the elimination challenge for yep. this, <laughs> and that's the point he tries to make, and he does a good thing. He goes, he shows these cities in America that are starting to like municipalities that are becoming 80, 90, 100% renewable energy. He goes to this small town in Texas and the mayor is like, uh, I'm a conservative. I, we, are in the, we are the reddest town in the reddest county in one of the reddest states in America. And it just made sense financially right. to, make it easy, to make it cheaper for our you know, guys. And, and it's so much so that he's like, but that, you know, he takes a photo. There's no nuclear waste. There's no, you know, there, there's no emissions. It's I mean, clean energy. Right. If there's, a, if there's a malfunction on a solar, tur- a solar panel. It doesn't winter, take the town with it. Yeah. And there's not 10,000 years of contaminated soil right. or whatever. It's like you have to be standing directly under the blade when it falls. Right. If, I mean, that's like worst case, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so and this guy who's like, I'm a concern. Concert- worst, it'll kill one hobo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hobo rooms for rent 50 cents of a man of um but so the, and this is a, again i think where what al gore has learned since it's such a part it's it's well the oil industry has made it a partisan issue they've put right. their money into the republicans and so it's all mainly republicans that are climate change mm-hmm. there are some democrats of course and some democrats take oil money too oh yeah they're <laughs> democrats are filthy whores um uh yeah every time they lose a presidency it's because they run a shitty campaign um so well it's a good thing they're learning from the yeah they're totally <laughs> learning they're getting it they're getting yeah. it um but no it's it's a really cool it's just in terms of a good doc it's worth watching. Right. That's good to know. And and then I'm I'll, excited to see it. Yeah, it's worth seeing. So What's the what it was about with the running time? It was an hour 40. Okay. okay. So it's not yeah. It's a good good amount for a I mean, with mm-hmm. trailers and everything, I was the whole the whole time was hour 50 something. Mm-hmm. Like so Did you see it in the food theater? No, I mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still liked it. Still, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't need to see this in a food theater. I sort of felt like maybe I don't need to be distracted by a black bean burger uh, during this. I'm just tossing trash so. on the ground. All right, so the next movie. I will uh, say this. I took public transportation to the theater. Oh, well, there you uh, go. You reduced your movie footprint. I did. Um, I saw Atomic Blonde. Now, this is a movie that uh, has some interesting trivia with it. Uh, Charlize Theron cracked two teeth while filming. James McAvoy broke his hand on the set of Split and had to do all his action scenes with an injured hand. 
And Charlize Theron had eight personal trainers to help her master her intensely physical performance. God, I would love that. I would yeah. love to just have eight, a, eight just, physical tra- just yeah, a team. trainers. Yeah, like this is my mm-hmm. kick guy. This is right. my role. This is the guy to take the cupcake out of my hand. This is yeah. This is the guy who just slaps the cupcake out of my hand. This is this is Johnny Protein. Right. Who just yes. gets, just gets me protein. So you know because they each I'm sure they each had their specialties. Yeah. Uh, it's based on the graphic novel from 2012 called The Coldest City, which revolves around a spy who's, who has to find a list of double agents who are being smuggled into the West. So here's the thing about this movie. I was excited to see it. Our our state of affairs for action movies is not great. You know, we have Transformers. Basically, our action movies now are superhero movies, which are good. But, you know, this whole kind of genre of action movies without superheroes, we haven't really gotten great ones. I right. mean, overseas, they're doing some interesting things. I mean, as we saw in the Kung Fu movie extravaganza panel, everything from villainous to, you know, some of the other ones that Rick Myers was showing us. But Or The Raid. Uh, yeah. Like The Raid is a sure. great example. Um, so... Uh, we get John Wick, which is cool, and this uh, was actually directed by one of the um, directors of John Wick, uh, David Leach. Lech? Lech. Lech. Uh, it's his first solo credit as director. Now, this movie was a mixed bag. Like, since it was based on a graphic novel, as it was put together and the story is like kind of progressing, like, you know, there's double agents, there's double crossing, I felt like at some point I was missing some pages of the graphic novel. Like, like I was like, well, wait, what, what's going on here? What, what, whose side are you on? Are you the double? Like there, like it felt like narratively there were some things missing. Like it wasn't put together as a whole as well as it could have been. However, that being said, there were some fantastic action sequences in this movie. Like there's one action sequence on a stairwell that looked unbelievable. And it was just Charlize uh, uh, Theron and two guys, two Russian spies, and they're fighting but it's on a you know a, co- a concrete staircase like or a, a metal staircase and they're falling down it and i'm looking at it and i'm thinking even if they're padded up under their clothing <laughs> there's no way no one's getting bruises or hurt that's how this, she chipped her teeth it yeah, must have been yeah, on one of those it, it stairs it had to be because i'm watching it as like what well, there's no there's no computer effects here these are actual people falling down these stairs and getting punched and kicked and doing these things there's uh, so when the action becomes grounded like that. It's really exciting, and it didn't do quick cuts. It didn't do those um, extreme close-ups. So you knew who was fighting who. Yeah, you knew who was fighting who, and you saw people literally fall down the stairs. Like, <laughs> and uh, so it was one of those things where, like, those are the scenes that I want to see more of. Like, you know, practical action, great stuntmen doing what they do best, and. You know, there was there there was um, some really cool things like that in the movie, but there was also um, it was slow to get started. It was almost like they were figuring out how to make an action movie as they went along because it started picking up as the movie progressed. So it kind of had a bit of a slow beginning. Um, so it was a mixed bag, but it's worth it just to see some of the action sequences. And Charlize Theron, she is kick ass. She's really good, and like I said, the action is really fun. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of everything, more of those more practical action sequences. Like, you know, we all see the car chases. I get it. They're they're great and they're fun. But like, ones like that, like just where you have a couple people fighting in these closed uh, environments that are just really well choreographed, that's what action movies are all about. Well, let me ask you this. So the budget on it was $30 million, which right. is – Moderate. That's my. I mean, that's almost low yeah. in the action world because it's low in the action. Because action for sure. world, you've got car explosions yeah. and whatever right. else, um, and you know, fight choreography takes a long time to shoot. Yeah. So you're adding on shoot days. Mm-hmm. You've also got a, an A-list star. Yes. Who's gonna get whatever you know, money? She, she may not have gotten. You know, she might have like deferred some of her salary or whatever. Back end or whatever. Yeah. So because she's she's the one that wanted to try to get it made. She spent five years developing the project. Uh, Anthony Anthony Johnston and Sam Hart did the graphic novel, and she said that uh, uh, the success of Mad Max Fury Road helped guide the development of Atomic Blonde because then that proved she was an actor. She could do action. Well, that I love. I mean, I love. Obviously, we all love Mad Max, and it was her film, and that was so great. Right. And I'm glad that like she had both arms in this one. She, <laughs> I'm glad that like okay, so now no one's 
questioning is Charlize Theron an action lead. Right. You know? Eon Flux didn't didn't convince them. <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't convince anybody. I mean, I bet she wishes it had, because I'm sure these stunts would have all been easier to do, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just Eon physically. Flux was like... That was such a misfire on so many levels. Based yeah. on this weird avant-garde sci-fi cartoon MTV on MTV. On MTV. Yeah. It would just come on in between. Right. Like little vignettes of two or three minutes at a time. And then they made this feature, live action feature film. So They're better off doing the head. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the head. Yeah. But, but let me get back to that, though. So mm -hmm. the 30 million... It was well spent. Well spent? Yes. Really cool. Yeah. And now, you know, to put it in perspective of the 30 million, you know, every dollar of that is on screen. You know, you could tell. Um, now, would they, w but here's the thing about a movie like this, too. Would a bigger budget would have helped? I don't think it would have. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's where action movies need to live is in the 30 to 50 million range because I've seen so many of these hundred some million ones and then there's no story. It's and just explosions. It's just explosions and CG and airplanes and all this other crazy... And, and people it, running through gunfire and, and you know they'll never get hit. Right, and like, you're doing some shit that like, you know, flying a jet through a thing and it's right. like that could never happen. Like you Upside say... Upside down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you either need to go full tilt mockery like the Fast and the Furious movies right, right, and just yeah, have a submarine. Tongue in cheek, yeah. Or third because for, for $30 million, you have to have good fight choreography. Yes. You have to have, and as you say, rooted in reality. Right, and, and that's one of the other things I really liked about this movie is uh, she gets her ass kicked. Right. Like, uh, you, you could see from the trailers, too, um, you know, when she takes a punch, she takes a hit. Like, she's not indestructible. Like, you know, you could argue that some of the James Bond movies or some of these other ones, like, they're bulletproof and they, they you mm -hmm. know, they never get hurt on a punch or anything, whereas she at least thrown every hit, you could see her feel it. And then, you know, you saw... Her, you know, putting her whole body in ice in a bathtub, you know, just because, uh, you know, she she didn't necessarily um, get out of a fight unscathed, even if she may have won. So it's not uh, it's not Tom and Jerry violence. Is right. What it, it's not Tom and Jerry they, violence. They yeah. cut your tail off and the next scene it's there. Yeah. Yeah. So so it was um, it was like I said, it was a mixed bag. I think the script and the directing as far as the story goes could have used a little more work, but the action was fun. Uh, there were, like I said, the really grounded action sequences were the best action sequences. Um, you know, there it, it had pretty much everything a spy thriller has. It has, you know, double agents, hand-to-hand -hand fighting, car chases, and gunfights. Right. <laughs> so, you know, everything, every element was there. It just didn't quite coalesce as well as I would have liked to, like a, uh, you know, the, the, the whole, as far as being the, you know, larger than the sum of its parts. It wasn't, uh, but there's some such great things in it. It's worth seeing for oh, uh, wow. some, for the pieces. Yeah, and it was shot mm -hmm. in Budapest, Hungary, which also, to me, goes back to the the smaller $30 million budget thing. It's more rooted in the story and the reality of it versus these $150 million ones they shoot it in some glamorous, you know, and Jason Statham is... Some palace. Yeah, is yeah. fighting at a palace, and then jump, mm -hmm. you know, there's a fight at a... At a billion dollar resort and then the helicopter there's a hundred ferraris yeah exactly there's a exactly there's a ferrari chase and they right. blow them up and that's right. a mm -hmm. that was a half a million dollar shoot yeah. day and <laughs> because the other thing that this movie gets credit for too is it was also a period piece i mean you know for 30 million dollars you also had to have action and set in the 80s so you have cars clothes everything else that cold also war yep cold war mm -hmm. the berlin wall so um it's the movie's a mixed bag, but I do recommend seeing it, uh, especially for the, um, for specifically for Shirley's Throne and the uh, some of the really cool grounded action sequences. Okay. Um, so I finally got to see The Big Sick. Yes. Mm -hmm. We've had this movie talked about numerous times on the show. And everyone's liked it. Everyone's liked it, and I really say it was a really good movie. Mm -hmm. um, it was... Not just because we know the people involved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing that was cool about it, so it's it's obviously based on Kumel uh, Nanjiani. By the way, CJ loved it too, and he doesn't know them. <laughs> well, that's, well that, <laughs> yeah. that, that speaks well of the film then. Um, so it, um, they, you know, Emily V. Gordon, who's been on the show, and they've done their their podcast, The Indoor Kids, at PodFest numerous times. Um, they have, um, it's it's based on their life, which is why it 
it's it's done so well and why it makes the most sense. So you've also got Michael Showalter who directed Hello, My Name is Doris, which is a que- cool little quirky movie that um, right. Sally Field was in and totally different than what Sally Field normally plays. And he's directed a lot of TV, Michael Showalter. And, um, he did, didn't he do Wet Hot American Summer yeah, too? Yeah, he was one of the writers on, the writers on yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, so, And the thing that I liked about this movie is – it's 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 obviously based in their life. I feel like they updated some stuff, like he's an Uber driver and they got iPhones or whatever. Like I feel like they probably met a while, probably 10, 15 years ago or something. Right, right. When he was driving for Lyft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he had an iPhone four. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but the react like the stuff that happens, the twists and turns in this felt very real. Like oh wow, that must have you know a version of this and. Ray Romano is so great as this, like, you know, bumbling dad. And they make it a point, like, he's not very funny. Like, his character Mm. isn't so, in terms of, like, so that's just funny because you're like, well, there's Ray Romano and Holly Hunter's like, oh, he's not funny at all. You know, like, (laughs) and and so he says, but, I mean, Ray Romano is, he is hilarious in this part because he's playing a guy that's a dad that's awkward and what do you do? Your daughter's in the hospital and... And all the side characters were great, the smaller characters. The stuff, the stand-up comedy stuff is because they're comics. And, you know, just all the backstage stuff with comics, they, you know, they captured really well, I thought, you know. And um, it's real touching. And, And Kumail, man, you know, he does a great job. And he plays a very understated it's very understated in a very uh, uh, great way. He, his standup is, he's not a big, you know, uh, big energy comic anyway. So we play, I mean, he's playing basically himself. Right. And, you know, the little moments where he's being funny. And it's honestly, too, a great story because it really gets into the culture clash. You know, his parents are they're Pakistani, they're Muslim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some great moments where, I mean, there's a scene where where he's like, they're, they're mad at him or whatever, and he's like, okay, I, I love you and respect you and respect our, our culture, but why did you bring me to America and expect me to live like I'm a Pakistani man? I'm not, I mean, I'm Amer- I'm a Pakistani, but I'm American. Like, you, I, you raised me in America. So I'm going to ask questions like Americans do. I'm going to question my faith. I'm going to want to date outside what my parents want. I don't want to be in an arranged marriage and all this other stuff. And so it was really, um, it was really, really heartfelt because you know this, you know these conversations happened. You know there was a problem within the family. You know all of this stuff and it's really, uh, it's done really well. And um, the um, woman who, I'm going to bring up her name, uh, who plays uh, Emily, Emily, Um, is... uh, Zoe Kazan? Zoe Kazan. Yeah. And she is a really good actress, and she has done, you know, she was in Ruby Sparks, and, you know, she was in What If, and, you know, plays, you know, these interesting types of characters, and she's had some bigger work, you know, and stuff like that as, as, you know, she's been in... whatever, our brand is crisis and stuff like that. But she played this, it's funny, interesting because, you know, I know, I don't know Emily super well, but she's been on the, I know her enough. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't go, oh, that's, you know, like, oh, that's not Emily. Or you know what I mean? Like I, right. I, 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 and this is this such a compliment because I know Emily helped write it. I wasn't thinking about Emily. Right. I was thinking about Zoe. It's like she did the she played that c- character well, and I would love to interview them and ask. I'm sure the rest have been a million times. Why didn't you cast yourself in it? But it's it's great. I mean, it's a great. Maybe it's maybe they're like, well, we don't need to relive this again, like <laughs> whatever. But I mean, Zoe does a fantastic job, and you know, Emily and Kumail, the writing. I mean, obviously, it's it's just and the updated stuff and the stuff that's clearly like jokes. 
hilarious, I thought. And there's so many human real moments because you know they went, oh, we got to tell that story. Right, right. And when that happened, mm-hmm. you know, or when your parents said this or your friend said that. And and, the, and again, the people that pay Kumail's family, <laughs> they're fucking hilarious. The guy right. who plays his brother, his dad. Um you know, there's all these great scenes where they're at dinner and it's like, oh, who's at the door? Like that happens a million. Oh, it's a young single Pakistani woman, you know, and it's so it's really I I, it was cool to see. It's inspirational um, in terms of just like us as comedian, podcaster, filmmakers trying right. to get work made that it's that it's that old adage of. Go with what, you know, go with personal, go with what right. you've gone through. And that'll be the best story because it's authentic and it's honest. It's not right. you going, gee, well, what would it be like if I wrote a clown pa- story? Yeah. Or like if I wrote a story about a Pakistani guy and a white girl, like, I, right. I, what do I know? Mm-hmm. So it would you be. You know more now after I do, watching yeah. the movie. <laughs> so it was really, it was really cool. It was really. And Holly Hunter, Ray Romano. Great casting. Great cast. Ever the casting was, there was not a miscast mm-hmm. on screen. So I'm glad to hear it's doing well too. It's doing great. Like they've mm-hmm. done, they've done, um, they they've done really good business. Um, it's interesting to see, you know, Amazon bought this. Yep. And they've put a lot of money behind it. And what is, seems to be happening um, with this thing, with this movie, is it's having going into a wider release. It's going into a wider release, which doesn't happen that much anymore. But um, you know, it's done thirty million dollars. It's opening. I'm week. sure it's made its money back. Yeah, but its budget. It probably had a five to ten million dollar budget right. at the most. It had a four hundred and twenty thousand dollar opening weekend. Right. So you know if they acquired it for twelve, so Amazon's already happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and now Jeff Bezos can build his own rocket ship and beat uh, Elon Musk to the moon. <laughs> well, they're gonna they're gonna duke it out in space, Transformer yeah. style. I think Musk and I think that's what's coming. They're back. gonna pull moon do a moonraker. Yeah, yeah. Well, Elon Musk, I don't think has been paid. $600 million by the CIA like Jeff Bezos. But so he might be at a slight disadvantage. NSA. <laughs> Maybe the NSA, he's going to make yeah. a deal with the NSA. Well, that would be great. Yeah. Just so some deep state. Internal fighting. Just a deep state fight. Yeah, through but, proxy. <laughs> through retail proxies. <laughs> a deep state retail proxy war. I'm in. But yeah, good movie. Big sick. Go see it. Cool. Support And support. you're supporting podcasters and indie comics yeah, definitely, and all that yeah. stuff. Check it out. Uh, I can't really say they're indie now after making twelve million dollars. Not anymore. <laughs> well, they this is they're gone. It's like when Amy Schumer was indie yeah. six years, seven years ago. Um, so uh, we have a, a sponsor this week, uh, ZipRecruiter. Mm-hmm. Now, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job and find the best candidate? Here's the thing. It's like you know, there's all these different job sites. You know, how do you navigate them? Do you really want to post your job on all these single sites? Uh, ZipRecruiter is an aggregator. You can post your job there, and it goes to 100-plus job sites with just one click. So that's why yeah, it doesn't depend on candidates finding you. They finding you, it finds them. In fact, 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Now, we've talked about this before. As small business owners, it's hard to find good help. You know, you don't want to get errand. So... <laughs> <laughs> You want to get the best person for the job, not the person who just shows up at the garage. So, <laughs> first of all, don't work in a garage. Yeah, like, get a real business, get a business plan, get a loan, like yeah. do a thing. Yeah, you'll be better off. Yeah, don't just because then you are really stuck to whoever. Yeah, the whatever whoever has nowhere else to go other right. than your garage. <laughs> that's who you're going to have to hire. So, but now we're we're uh, why don't you guys try it for free? That's oh, that's ridiculous that we would it. make you pay full price. So if you have a small business, you want to hire somebody, use it for free. All you have to do is go to ZipRecruiter.com/cfn. It's not a coupon code; it's a landing page. So so remember, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com/cfn. Check it out. Get the get the employee you need, not the one you deserve. <laughs> Run your business like Gotham. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't run it so badly, you know. The Two-Face shows up. The Two-Face shows up or. Yeah, Bane takes over. Someone needs to, Ra's mm. Ghoul feels like he needs to set it on yep. fire. Yeah. You want Catwoman doing your accounting. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
So ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. Check it out for free. Okay. Now, we also have a Patreon ad. Uh, Remember, that's the $50 tier on Patreon. This is Frightfully Uninformed. It's a podcast that watches mostly classic horror movies to figure out horror movie fandom. That's FrightfullyUninformed.com. Check it out. Support the, support the shows. Find, that's a, you guys are always looking for new podcasts, I'm assuming. That's and and if you are a small business uh, and you need to use ZipRecruiter, and uh, also you can use the Patreon tier here, and we'll advertise on the show for you as well. $50 a month. We'll m- mention your website, whatever you guys want to Every say. episode. Every episode. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, let's go to trailers. Now, this trailer, uh, Ready Player One, looks oh, really cool. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the book, and this looks awesome. Now, I, I will say this. Uh, the book, it was one of those few books that just, when it was done, I was really sorry that it was over. It, like, it, it had me from page one, and I read through it, and uh, I read some of the reviews, and I felt this exact same way. I felt like... The book was written just for me, someone who grew up in the 80s and watched these movies and played with these toys and went to arcades and threw quarters and, you know, Ms. Pac-Man and also played Dungeons and Dragons and went through dungeon manuals. Now, Aaron, in the book, they actually go through a dungeon module called Tomb of Horrors from Dungeons and Dragons. Do you Mm -hmm. remember that one? Uh, no, I never, uh... You never did Dungeons never and Dragons? Did, did, did. No, so I played sports in high school. What they... What they <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> okay, one of those guys. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, so did I. I didn't okay. play d and I, I don't know what you... You guys don't know what you're missing, rolling a 20-sided die with uh, your friends the weekend it. and eating chips. So, uh... Here I was working out, <laughs> leaving my blood on the field. <laughs> So, you know, you roll a saving throw, you leave your blood with a dragon. Uh, so, <laughs> so what this book is, the thing about this book is, however, is that, you know, I'm, I was, at first I was surprised when it got announced because of the rights issues that would happen. Because mm-hmm. to acquire all the things that are in the book would be virtually impossible. Everything yeah. from the uh, classic video games to rights to the movie War Games, to Ultraman, to a- a- anything else that was in this, you yeah. know, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, TSR, all those things. So from watching the trailer, I feel like what they did is they kind of chose which kind of pop culture things they were going to use, and I think a fair amount of them came from the Warner Brothers library, so they didn't have to go that far for yeah. <laughs> for some right I mean, it's a Warner Brothers movie. They still have the DeLorean. They, Warner Brothers movies, they have the DeLorean. There was Freddy, Freddy Krueger. The Iron was, Giant. They have Iron Giant, but they also have all of the DC catalog because Warner Well, you see Iron out. Giant and Freddy Krueger in the trailer. Yeah, and yeah. you also see Deadpool walk by, too. Oh, I didn't <laughs> yeah, notice that. Yeah, yeah. He walks by, like, when they're in the club, he walks by. So um, there's a lot to like, and what I think will happen is um, there'll be a lot of, like, pop culture stuff in there, but it's not going to be everything from the book because that would be impossible to get through with all the lawyers. And here's the thing. When I heard it announced, and I was like, well, God, who's going to be able to put this together? Steven Spielberg. He's the one director that I think can really pull this off. Yeah. I Yeah, I think it's going to be a... Thank Christ it wasn't Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been or awful. Uh, I know, like, well, yeah, I mean... Uh, well, Spiel- er- Ernie Klein, I remember uh, him saying in an interview, saying they asked him when they bought the film rights. The film rights were bought years ago. Um, Didn't Spielberg, like, snatch this up a long time ago? Or? No. What happened is they um, they had him make a list of, like, directors that he would want to make the movie, and he said he never put Spielberg on the list because he thought that would be impossible to get him. And uh, turns out, no, it wasn't. Wow. So he did. He, uh, he got him. And Spielberg's an avid video gamer, too. Like, yes. he's always at E3 and mm-hmm. with his kids, so... He's like, this is right up his alley. If there, yeah, I mean, this is like a, a match made in heaven. It really is. He's the perfect director for this material. And judging from the trailer, you know, I'm really excited to see this movie. It looks, it looks fantastic. Having, you know, like, and, I, and like I said, rec- I really recommend reading the book too, especially if you grew up in the '80s. Yeah, and I feel like I watched the trailer, and this is a, this isn't a criticism. This is a good thing. I feel like I'm going to be really bummed. <laughs> like this movie seems very dystopian, like. And very sort of, uh, I mean, prescient. We're there, right? Where people yeah. just don't want to deal with the reality, so they'd rather go into video games and VR right. or whatever. Well, to give you an idea of the story, because you don't get an idea of the story at all from the uh, from the trailer, is what it is is the creator who set up the Oasis 
um, he set up a game inside the system somewhere. But people use the Oasis for everything. It's not just for recreation. Yeah, you go to school there. You go to school there, like everything. Like that's where you live your life. You work through there. Everything goes through there. So the creator of it, um, before he died, set up a uh, contest. If someone could, like, it was basically a scavenger hunt through the Oasis. If you found these certain keys, like it was like a video game, you know, the, and, these, and you unlock these certain levels, then the Oasis would actually get um, willed to you. You would own it. You would own the whole thing. Wow. Uh, so what happens is you've got, um, you know, the, quote, evil corporations who are, like, paying all these gamers to try to find it. And then no one found anything um, for a long time. And then all of a sudden one of the keys gets found. And then there's, like, a race to try to find out, you know, to Yeah, because once, once you find a key, everyone else kind of figures out how you did it. You know? Right. So then and then it's the, the, so the story is, like, him basically the our, our hero – uh, trying to beat the evil corporation and, and winning the game. Oh, so it'll be it'll be really cool, a really fun story, and I'm really looking forward to the movie. All right. All right. Next uh, next trailer we saw was Suburbicon. This this trailer, I, I'll tell you, I had mixed feelings about this trailer. Now, as I'm watching it, I was thinking, well, the Coen Brothers have to be involved in this somehow because it just it has a Coen Brothers feel. And they are. Uh, and they wrote it. However, they didn't direct it. George Clooney directed it. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm, and I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, you know what? That's what's off about it. I feel like it's George Clooney trying to direct a Coen Brothers movie. That's what yeah. it felt like. It felt like just like a, like almost like, well, it's kind of missing that Coen Brothers magic, that, you know, that unquantifiable thing that makes their movies their movies. So I'm hoping, you know, and again, this might be just the way the trailer was cut. So I'm hoping we see a little bit more and the movie is a little bit more than we saw in the trailer because the trailer just felt really uneven and like a uh, like a Coen Brothers imitation. I think I had a similar reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to like this movie. I like everybody involved. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the premise of a suburban guy that gets mixed up with the mob who kind of right. starts fighting back and then yeah. all hell breaks loose. Yes. Great. Um, well, and it's yeah. set in the 50s or 60s? Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, yeah. yeah. Late 50s, yeah, early but, 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I felt the sim- same way. Like, am I watching somebody's idea of a Coen Brothers movie? Right. That's what it felt like. Versus an actual one. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm really... Mm-hmm. I liked. I think George Clooney's a good director. I mean, yeah, I like some absolutely. of the stuff he's directed yeah, for yeah. sure. So, um, I'm not going to write it off, but I, mm-hmm. I am. And like you say, it might just have been the trailer. Right. They might have mm-hmm. just cut the trailer wrong. Right. So I don't know. Well, that's never happened. No, before. never. It's <laughs> never happened. So yeah, too good. I'm. I'm really excited for Ready Player One. Suburbicon. Yes. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> So, all right, want to go to DVD and Blu-ray? Let's do it, buddy. Uh, going in style. This is that weird Grumpy Old Ben meets Heller High Water movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't know what to make of this movie. I like it looked kind of okay, but it, it didn't make me excited to see it. Yeah, Directed by Zach Braff, but not written by him. Oh, Zach different. Braff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's based on the 1979 movie that had George Burns and Art Carney. And, right. Um, mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, it was just a reimagining. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, those guys we made of not needed. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> That's old studio executives. Yeah, we own green lighting. Yeah, yeah, green lighting. Like, oh, this movie was great. I saw it forty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the next movie is The Circle. This was that weird Tom Hanks Emma Watson <sighs> yeah. movie that no one saw. No, it's not good. Yeah, that's why not, nobody saw it. You're not missing anything. There's a couple of decent <laughs> scenes with Tom Hanks just because he's Tom Hanks. But right. The overall premise, the the pr- initial premise, you're like, oh, this could be cool, and then it just kind of weird, like kind of firmy. Like the firm, wanting not wanting to be the firm, but not right. a successful. Never gets there. Yeah, and a lot of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Slight. Patton, Patton's it, in it though. Right? Patton's in oh, it. Patton's yeah. in it. Okay. Patton's a small part in it. Uh, the next movie is Slight. Now you liked this movie, right? I did like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this film, uh, I found, you know, it's really there's a lot of interesting stuff in it, and it's. Um, it goes through different genres, and he's a street musician, and it's sort of like the movie Dope a little bit. Magician. A magician, yeah, not musician. Right. Yeah, yeah, magician. <laughs> so his magic and all this stuff, and, and it's a cool little film. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it didn't get a wide release, so 
if you missed it, it's now time to watch it on iTunes or VOD or, or whatever, or Airplane, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> and the last movie is Colossal. Now, this movie was the uh, um, the movie where it was basically kind of about relationships and addiction, but it also had giant monsters in it. This was the Anne Hathaway yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, now, here, here's the interesting thing. I didn't see it yet. Um, it was getting a lot of mixed reviews. However, everyone I talked to didn't like it. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said it was just it. What you know? It's it's takes itself way too seriously. It's a depressing movie, and it just it didn't resonate with them. So I'm I'm curious to see it now for sure. Well, it grossed three million dollars mm. as of June. Now it was probably a low budget, so I'm wondering if that was still a success. No, it wasn't that low. It wasn't a one million dollar movie yeah. with Anne Hathaway in it. This was a twenty million dollar film, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, so um, it may not make his money back. It was disappointing. I remember seeing the yeah. trailer going, Wow, this could be really cool. That's what I yeah, I said I was excited too when I saw the trailer. I'm like, Oh, this is this could be really interesting and then oh well. Okay. Now, one of the things we mentioned uh, on the site spotlight, we did mention that uh, we did have to pull earbuds from the uh, site temporarily. A couple of you emailed where it was. Just wanted to let you guys know again that due to our distribution deal, um, it will be pulled. It will be back in October, and that includes DVD and downloads. Also, um, so ATC um, is producing its first comedy special with Paul Verzi. 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 Um, so that is uh, Sunday, August 13th at the Terrytown Music Hall in Terrytown, New York. So if you're in town. Greg Fitzsimmons. Oh, yeah. look at oh. that. So if you're in town, check it out. Where, where can people go for tickets, Graham? Well, you can go to paulverzi.com, V-I-R-Z-I, uh, for the 930 show. And you're going to get special guest appearance by Bill Burr and Pete Davidson. That's pretty cool. So if you're in Terrytown, you want to see little Billy Burr. Uh, on top of, and you're all, here's what you're also doing too. You're supporting all things comedy. You're supporting all things comedy. So, you know, this studio, they let all the shows use it. So we're not paying for the studio. Right. The studio would cost us money to, mm-hmm. to pay for Aaron and everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to support the show. You're going to see a great live stand up show. So go to paulfierzy.com and buy tickets to it. You're also getting to see a stand up comedy special shot live. So right. you'll be say I could have been a part. I are I am a part. You'll of be a part of history. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this comedy special mm-hmm. will save the world. Yes. Um, so check that out. Also, yep. uh, some fan feedback on the comments of the on the YouTube channel. So if you go yes. to YouTube.com/slash/comedyfilmnerds, uh, Jonas the movie, um, we were talking about um, the film. Uh, the, the clip David F. Sandberg's origin story, and that was from episode 376. Um, Jonas, the movie, right? Origin story without making a condom out of toilet paper, rolling a half, a walnut shell. You missed out on the early animations. I don't know what that means, but thank you for that's post- a great um, That's a great use of putting words together, though. That's... <laughs> That's that's a YouTube comment. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. <laughs> I didn't. I don't quite understand it either. But uh, but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> don't know what it means. Um, um, and then we also got one when we were talking about the movie Dunkirk. Yes. From Eric Arizad Dread. I don't know. Um, but anyway, he said I've been on board with Nolan since Memento. I think he's one of the best consistent filmmakers working today. Even if he mi- even his misses are still great quality work, and I love his attitude towards practical effects over CG whenever possible. I still think that's the best approach for film, in general. Yeah, love Dunkirk. Cannot say enough of good things about it. Check it cool. out. All right, and premiering this week, The Dark Tower. Now, the more I see this movie, the more excited I kind of get about it. Um, people are saying that. Uh, um, that have read the books, that it's a really cool story. And uh, I know, Aaron, you've read the books, right? No. Um, one of the short story books has a chapter from it, which was really awesome. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't so read the So you've series. read some material from the yes. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love Matthew McConaughey uh, just hamming it up. Looks great. There's a lot of great reloading, as we've talked about, <laughs> for the gunslinger. And, you know, I am a sucker for... You know, other dimension, other world coming into our world and, you know, threatening that those kind of stories I just really enjoy. Um, and I have to wait for uh, Wrinkle in Time. So this, <laughs> this I'm, I'm excited to see this. And the other movie. Now, th- now, this is smart releasing because this these are two very different counter programming type movies. Now, Detroit 
is uh, very different based on real events. Real events. Catherine Bigelow is directing it. Um, I read the actual, I read this article in the LA Times uh, this Sunday, the actual cop that sort of did this and went rogue is still alive and they tried to interview him and he's like, no. And it's really, it's really compelling. It's also, it's Catherine Bigelow, right? So the Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty. She's a really terrible filmmaker. Yeah, <laughs> awful movies. What is she doing? Hey, don't forget, Point Break. Yeah, Point Break, <laughs> fantastic movie. Um, so um, it's the ultimate rush. It is the ultimate <laughs> rush. It's where you lose yourself and you find yourself. Um, it's Patrick Swayze's character Bodhi mm-hmm. says that uh, Bodhi Tree is where. Uh, um, you put booty. your hand on glass? Yeah, you put your hand on glass, friend. <laughs> oh, I was all over that Bodhi tree this morning. Um, but no, she's a she's a really great uh, director and is yes. and is really good, as she's proven, with adapting true stories. Right. Um, and grounding them. And grounding them. And so she's got, you know, great actors. She's got John Boyega in it, you know, uh, Will Pooter, Angie Smith. I mean, Anthony Mackie. It's, it's, it's really... It, the trailer looks awesome. I'm yeah. excited to see it. and It looks intense. It looks intense. And we're interesting this summer that we're getting, like, Dunkirk and Detroit. These are Oscar films yeah, that right. are getting summer releases, middle of the summer releases. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see. You know, I wonder, too, if one of the um, philosophies now is like, well, you know what? The end of the year is getting too crowded. With Oscar movies, maybe we need to spread them out a little bit and do some counter-programming to the superhero movies that are in the summer. I think it's really smart because I think if you are overwhelmed with superheroes and the big comedies, that you want to go see something that's intense and real like Detroit or Dunkirk or something like Mm -hmm. that. So... Um, or the emoji movie. <laughs> Somebody asked how much they had to get the Patreon up. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, over 1400 and Chris was like, 1500 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1500 for us to do. Yeah, that's our, um, that's the, basically that's the goal of uh, making us see any horrible film. You have to uh, go see it. It's one of the worst reviewed movies of the year. Great. Emoji movie. So, it's 1500 <laughs> Right. So what we're saying is go see Detroit. Yes. Um, go do see. Take De- your kids. Yeah. Take, yeah. <laughs> take your kids. Show them what. Take them to Dunkirk. Yeah. I'm going to see Dark Tower first. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll definitely see Detroit this week. It looks fantastic, mm-hmm. and I'm I I like all these actors, and there's some new um, young actors in this that I'm not very familiar with that I'm excited to see, and I'm just Catherine Bigelow is one of those directors. I'm down with whatever she. Yeah. Likes. Yeah. It's it, it looks great. You know, even if she misses mm-hmm. it a, a little, it's still it's still amazing right. if she does. But so um, yeah, this will be great. Okay. Well, that is our show. Ladies oh and my goodness! Yeah, look at that! Just flew by without bing, a guest. Bing bang! Yeah, we didn't have some third person yapping it yep, up, running just, their mouth. Yeah, I got an album coming out. <laughs> Shut up! Um, we had Aaron off camera. Yes. <laughs> as as preferred. As preferred <laughs> off camera, Aaron, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see him uh, in person, you got to go to ZipRecruiter. Dot <laughs> com. <laughs> We're putting them up for sale? Yeah, Wait, I don't get are. this. <laughs> Slash CFN. Yeah, he'll, <laughs> Aaron will come to your house. You can hire him. It's like uh, Angie's List. Yes. He'll come to do house, house things. Um, you got merch to ship? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. He's fantastic at it, mm-hmm. folks. I, it's amazing to me how many packages have not been returned since Aaron took that over. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's doing a fine job. And uh, I, I really, I hate, I, I had to come to the reality that I, I fucked up a lot of packages. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of them, I was like, who did this? Who? And I was like, oh, I think that was the day I was filling envelopes. I'm not good at that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm better on mic or on camera, on a yeah. stage. Aaron is detail-oriented. He's detail-oriented. Yeah. And also, you know, give Aaron a lot of credit here. He did all the Kickstarter rewards, too, which are still trickling in. A couple of oh, people yeah. are still- What the uh, fuck were you guys doing? Yeah. Where, where, where have you been? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's, it's been over a year of updates and, and how, to, how, to, <laughs> how, yeah, how to get I your- I can't update uh, this goddamn yeah. movie anymore. It's done. It's coming out in September. Yeah. Just get your shit. So um, so if you still haven't received your rewards, 
email info at comedyfilmnerds.com and we'll If you still you. haven't emailed gotten your rewards. You don't deserve it. You know it's your fault. <laughs> you didn't fill out the, the thing. The survey. You, you gave money the and then didn't do anything to pursue. The, you moved. You moved. You didn't you let quit. us know. You're, and, or you're off the internet. You're, you're, off, not, the you're off the grid. And yeah. you're now uh, calling us from... Some Wi-Fi cafe up in the Colorado mountains outside of Boulder. Up in, you know, on a glacier that's going off. You're in Saskatchewan (laughs) and you want your shirt now all of a sudden. But you don't want it to ship it to your home because it doesn't have a road. Right. And that's... (laughs) That makes it a little more challenging. It's it's on you. But, yeah, but we'll take care of you. But, (laughs) yeah, we will handle it. That's what Aaron does. If you know you got a shirt uh, in your tier, please include your your shirt size when you email us. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to email you again. Yeah, for shit like that, guys. Yeah. Like, how do, are we supposed to know what shirt size you wear? You know? And that that was the emails that went out. Please include your shirt size. Yes. But uh, we have some shirts left, so uh, <laughs> if there's a few of you that still haven't gotten rewards, we can take care of you. So, uh, all right, that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. That is our that show. exciting. Thank you, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. For chiming in off camera. Yep. So, technically, we still had a guest. We did. We mm-hmm. did still have a guest. You just don't know what he looks like. No. <laughs> we, we might do. And this. last time I was on as as the guest, we forgot to take a photo. So I'm so you're still, still anonymous. <laughs> yep. So we're, yep. you want to keep that streak going, right? Um, I mean, I mystery guest followers, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody here at All Things Comedy, uh, Brendan, who did the um, social media, and Oscar, Rachel, uh, Mike, Mike, yeah. everybody doing a great job thank you so much for having us here thank you guys for listening like subscribe all the cool things to support the show go to patreon patreon.com slash comedy film nerds uh subscribe to us on the on the youtube even if you're not a big youtube person just get those youtube numbers up right it all helps it all helps and thank you so much my name is graham elwood and i'm chris mancini and as always remember han shot first